and a book was written, Malachi chapter 3, the last part of Malachi chapter 3. I remember there was an old sergeant in our school, we called him the sergeant, didn't we? and he was a horrible little man. <laughs> and I suppose it was association of ideas, he was the guy who came around with the detention book and uh, various things like that. Any time the sergeant arrived, he usually had something horrible to tell us. And he came around every morning, uh, or, uh, a couple of times a day, and he had this black book, and he'd open it, and he'd say, Blackstock, two periods, Smith, three periods, so-and-so, one period. And he went through all the... It was all written down in this book, the detention book. And the Bible speaks a lot about books. And that's why I, we call this here, and the book was written. Books are written to remind us of things sometimes. And we'll just read a few verses in Malachi chapter 3 verse 14. We'll go to verse 13. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, what have we spoken so much against thee? Ye have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord, and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. And just over in Revelation, just one verse in Revelation 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. We used to sing in Sunday school, When he cometh, when he cometh to make up his jewels, all his jewels, precious jewels, his loved and his own, like the stars of the morning, his bright crown adorning. <laughs> they shall shine in their beauty, bright gems for his own. This crown. Yeah, nearly got it. Um, it was a lovely, lovely hymn we used to, a chorus we used to sing when we were kids in Sunday school. But you know, Malachi here is just bringing this message from God. And God in, in chapter 3 has been constantly saying, return to me, return to me. And we saw last week that in verse 13, he said, if you do this, if you do these things, you shall become delightful. And we all want to be delightful to God. But you know, it didn't work out that way. They said, why is it necessary? God said, your words have been stout against me. 
Your words have been stout against me. You're, you're, you're speaking things against me. Your words have been stout against me. And they said, how have we spoken against thee? Again, we have them answering God back. After all this time, at the end of Malachi, they're still answering God back. They're still asking him, how have we said things against you? But God replies, you say it is vain, it is emptiness to serve God. It is emptiness to serve God. What is the good of our keeping his charge or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? What's the point, they said? What's the point of it all? And you know, if we go back to Malachi chapter 1 and verse 13, they were saying the same thing then. Behold, what a weariness it is. What a weariness to serve God. They, they were claiming that it was a weariness. They were fed up serving God because they could see no future in it. And you know, in, in Isaiah 58, they had the same idea. In Isaiah 58 and 53, Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? These people were saying the same thing away back in Isaiah's time. Israel were constantly complaining against God. And that was the, the, the point of the, the, the serpent in the wilderness. They were complaining against God. And God would forgive them. They would come back in repentance and God would forgive them. And then again, they would just do the same thing. And it was even more amazing in Malachi because, as we've said before, they weren't all that long back from the captivity in Babylon. God had allowed them to be taken captive into Babylon. Jerusalem had been destroyed and everything. And they had only just got back in a comparatively recent time, and here they were saying, it is a vain thing to serve the God. What's the point of serving God? And they were saying the same things in, in Isaiah 58. But God was saying, you know, you're only doing it as a show. I don't want your sacrifices. I don't want all these false sacrifices that you're offering. I want your love. And that's what he's saying to us this morning. He doesn't want an outward show so much. He wants our love. And then we can get our love right with God. We can have a love relationship with him. Then the rest of our life will, will fall into place. And in verse 15 it says... Henceforth we deem the arrogant blessed. Evildoers not only prosper, but when they put God to the test, they escape all the, the problems. They were so arrogant. They were putting God to the test. They were trying to justify their way of life. And if we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we'll see what... Paul was writing about here to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 6. He says, Now these things were our examples. The people were, the Old Testament things were sent as an example to us. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. Neither be idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day 23,000. Neither let us tempt God, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. The story we were just talking about, 
They tempted God, tried to put God to the test. They said, what's the point of us going any further into the wilderness? Let's get back to Egypt. And I remember listening to a chap one day and he said that some Christians seem to say they want to have the foot, their foot in both camps. They want to be a little bit in the world and a little bit in, in the church of Christ. And their attitude is sort of, Lord God, you, you, you did the dirty on me. You got me saved before I could really enjoy myself. And you know, really, there is that attitude with some people. They'll become a Christian when they've had a good time. And you know, there are pleasures in sin. The Bible talks about the, the pleasures of sin. But Moses, rather, rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin, he and be called the, the Pharaoh's daughter, son of Pharaoh's daughter, he, he, he opted for following God. And these people in the wilderness, they tempted God and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now these things happened unto them for examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Let him that thinketh he stand to take heed, lest he falleth. A solemn warning to us. Let us not tempt God in our lifestyles. And then I want to look at Isaiah 28. Isaiah 28. There are a couple of interesting little stories here. In Isaiah 28 and it's verse uh, 14 and 15. Isaiah 28, 14 and 15. Wherefore hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. Because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death and with hell, are we at agreement? When the overflowing scourge will pass through, it shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place, and so on. But it's, uh, these people in the same again was happening. They were making an alliance with the world. And they were trusting in the world to get them through the judgments of God that was going to come. And God said, I'm going to lay in Zion a cornerstone. And if we put our faith and trust in, if these people were to put their faith and trust in God, then they wouldn't need to trust in the refuge of lies. Because God said, I'm going to sweep away, I'm going to come in like a flood and sweep away all that refuge and tissue of lies that these people were basing their faith on. And Jerusalem was destroyed. They came in and the Babylonians came in and destroyed Jerusalem. For the Lord shall rise up in Mount Perizim. He shall be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon, that he may do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act and his strange act. And this came to pass when the Babylonians came and destroyed 
Jerusalem. It also came to pass later on when the temple was destroyed again in AD 70. And the funny thing about these prophecies, and those of us, we've been listening to Yaakov Prash a bit recently, and he, he was saying that prophecy in the Bible can recur again and again and again, and then there's an ultimate prophecy which will be the final fulfillment of that prophecy. One of the examples he gave was in Matthew, where Jesus was taken by his mother and Joseph and taken into Egypt. And there's a, a prophecy there which says, and referring back to Hosea, where it says, Out of Egypt have I called my son. But if you look at it, that prophecy in Hosea sort of really refers to the children of Israel coming back out of captivity. And he pointed out that that particular type of Jesus coming out of Egypt has happened all through the Bible. Going right back to Abraham. Abraham was on a journey and he went down into Egypt. And the wicked king was judged and Abraham came up out of Egypt. The children of Israel, Joseph went down into Egypt and later on Pharaoh was judged and the Israelites came out of Egypt. When Jesus was a baby, his, his mother and his father took him to Egypt. Herod was judged and Jesus came up out of Egypt. In, in Corinthians, we, we come out of Egypt in Corinthians 10. And then there's an ultimate fulfillment in Revelation. So it's, it's, it was just interesting that this, this prophecy here could have been either for, for the... Babylonian capital, the, 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 the Babylonians who destroyed uh, Jerusalem or for AD 70. Prophecies seem to be repeated in types until the ultimate prophecy. But I was looking at this thing in Perizim, in Mount Perizim, and there's an interesting story in 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5, there's an interesting story about David. And I thought we could get a lesson from this story this morning. David had been appointed king. And, yes, it's up there. David had been appointed king. But the Philistines decided, 2 Samuel 5 and verse 17. And when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David. And David heard of it and went down to the hold. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim, the valley of giants. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, and I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David came to Baal Perazim. And David smote them there and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of the place the Valley of breaches, Baal Perizim. And the Philistines were looking for punishment. And when they left, they left their images behind. And David and his men burned them. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be that when thou hearest the sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees, 
that thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come to Gaza. I think it's a, a, a lovely story. You know, when we, uh, when we come as Christians and make God Lord of our lives, people will come against us. And that's what happened here with, with David. The Philistines, when they heard that he had been anointed king, that they came against him. And they came against him in the Valley of Giants. You know, we will, we will have giant temptation sometimes placed against us. But David did the right thing. He prayed to the Lord. He prayed to God and said, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Will, will I go against these Philistines? And God said, yes, go. And he delivered the Philistines into his hands. He prayed about it. And when, when we come up against problems and difficulties, we, the first thing, like David did here, we should pray about it. We should bring it to the Lord in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? bring it to the Lord in prayer and he broke he, 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 he broke through it he said like, like water breaking through a dam he broke through the Philistine horde and he defeated them and then they, they came and he destroyed their images as the Israelites have been told about years before in Deuteronomy when, they, when you come into the land and these people destroy their images, break their, their idols and he, he, he made sure that his men weren't left with any of the images and he burned them and the Philistines came up again. Yes, we, we will have constant battles to fight in our Christian pathway. And David inquired of the Lord what he was going to do. We should always bring everything to God in prayer. Bring our problems, our difficulties. And he said, go round, go round the back of them. You know, we're told to be as wily as servants, as harmless as doves. We, we, we should be ready to, to, to attack things the way God wants us to do it. Not always the way we seem to be fit. And he said, obviously they had to go through some kind of a, a wood. And David said, well, how will I know when to attack? He says, when you hear the noise in the mulberry trees, then's the time to attack. When you hear the wind going through the mulberry trees, what do we say? The wind bloweth where it listeth, and here's the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. And when they, David heard the noise in the mulberry trees of the wind, it's a picture of God's Spirit leading and guiding us. As we hear God's Spirit telling us to do things, walk in the Spirit. And David did exactly that when he, when he was, bestir, thou shalt bestir thyself, get ready. And when God's Spirit speaks to us, when we hear God's voice speaking to us, then, and only then, should we go forward? And he went and he defeated them and he defeated the host of the Philistines at Perizim, breaking forth. Come a long way from Malachi. Let's go back to Malachi. And in verse 16 it says, They that feared the Lord, they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another of a book of remembrance. They that feared the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord hearkened. In just going back to, to Malachi, the same chapter, verse 5, and he 
says, I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and the adulterers and against the false wearers and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow, the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right, and fear not me. We have to have a reverent fear uh, for the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We have to hold God in reverent fear. Acts 10, verse 2. A devout man and one that feared the Lord with all his house. This was Cornelius. That was a lovely testimony he had. He was a devout man and one that feared God with all his house. And you know, the interesting thing was, when he feared God, it resulted in a lifestyle which pleased God and which gave alms to the people and prayed to God always. Oh gosh, wouldn't that be a great testimony to have, that I was a devout man, one that feared God with all my house and gave alms to the people and prayed to God always. And because of that, he saw in a vision. He had a vision. Because of that, he had a vision. He, he was able to, to, to see God spoke to him in that vision. He feared God. And they spoke often to each other. They, they, they just didn't. They, those people that feared God, they spoke often to, God, to each other. They, they, they were constantly in conversation. And this is looking back. We looked at it last week in Deuteronomy 6. They say, when you go into the land and when you, you take possession of it, make sure you tell your children about it. And these words which I have commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart. First of all, they have to, we have to put God's word into our heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down and when thou risest up. And they shall bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And they shall write them upon the doors of thine house and on thy gates. Always, the word of God was always before these people. And that's the way these people were. They, they spoke often. They didn't just speak about it when they happened to, to think. No, they, they were constantly speaking about the, the word of God to each other. Speaking to yourselves, Paul says, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and make melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks now and again for all things unto God and the Father. No, it doesn't say that. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Speaking often one to another. They were speaking constantly about the things and you know the wonderful thing is when that happened it says that God hearkened he paid attention with interest isn't that lovely he, he listened God listened with interest to what they were saying and I was reminded of the two disciples that went on the road to Emmaus after the, the crucifixion and they were down in the dumps and they went on that journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus and Jesus came up behind them. You know the story so well. And he listened to that conversation. And he said, what is this conversation which you are holding and each other, with each other as you walk? What is this conversation? I often wonder if 
we thought about that. Uh, the conversations we have. If Jesus came up behind us and heard our conversations, I wonder, was, would he join in? Or would he be inclined to, to, to walk on? Would it please him? But they were talking about the Lord Jesus. They were talking about him. And he was pleased to join in that conversation. Oh, may we always be conscious with our conversations, with the, the, our way of life, that Jesus would be happy to walk along with us in that conversation. And a book of remembrance was written. We've had a lot of books of remembrance. When Diana died, there were books of remembrance all over the place. People were signing them. But this is a different kind of book. This is a reminder of what we have done. We are really thinking about this. And a book of remembrance has been written about what we, we do every day. up a little bit, wouldn't it? But it says here, a book of remembrance was written not sort of in, in a little office somewhere, it was written before God. Before Him. This book has been written before God of our deeds, our lifestyle. A book of remembrance was written before Him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon His name. A book of remembrance written down, recorded before God, a book of remembrance, and people that thought upon his name. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, for he confided or he trusted in thee, that thought upon his name. What are our thoughts? That's the you know, the old thing that they say, you're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. Are we thinking constantly about the things of God? What does he say? And the things of earth, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Verse 17. In the day when I make up my jewels, and they will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Jewels, a particular treasure. And, you know, Israel was God's particular treasure. If we look at Zechariah, chapter 2, they, he's called the, the particular treasure. We haven't really time to look at it, but leave it just at that. Zechariah 2. Verse 8, uh, where they talk about Israel being God's particular treasure. And the remnant shall return. This is basically looking at the time in the future when the Jews shall return and that they will be again recognized Jesus as their Messiah. But it also has a particular reference to us, doesn't it? God values us, He delights in us. 1 John 3 16. Another 3.16, but first John 3.16, this time. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We ought to have that great love for our brothers, 
the same that Jesus Christ had for us. We perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Jesus died so that we might live. First Peter 2 verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a special people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are jewels, we are special to God, and to show us he sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die for us. And we have been made a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a particular treasure of his so that we should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. And then he's saying to these people, you shall return and discern between what is good and what is evil. One of the things that seems to be lacking in, in our, with, with each of us is this discernment uh, these days. We, we seem to swallow a lot of things without going back like the Bereans and seeing whether they tie up to God's word or not. And it says, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Paul, uh, the, the writer to the Hebrews is encouraging people to go on from the milk of the word onto strong meat. And he says that belongs to people who are of full age. And he's encouraging the Christians to go on and study the word of God, even to those who by reason of use and uh, of habit, of perfection, uh, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. God shall render to each of us according to his works. Who are we serving? Are we serving the, the, the God of his righteousness or says here, and the wicked between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Who are we serving? And then finally, just in, in Revelation, we have that solemn passage of the books being opened. The books being opened before God and the people being judged by what was written in uh, the books. And it's obviously not Revelation 28. It's Revelation 20. And I saw a great white throne on him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to the works. And those who were not written in the, the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. And that's a horrible thought, but we need to preach it to people. Death and hell cast up those, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. But for us who are Christians, there is a book, a book of remembrance being written. And we will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 3, it says that, We'll be judged to see whether our lives have been built on gold. We've been built on the foundation. No other foundation can man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, 
We build on the, the foundation of, of faith and trust in, in our Lord Jesus Christ for our salvation. We build a foundation of gold and silver and precious stones, wood, hay and stubble. Every man's work shall be shown, shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If a man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. We want to make sure that this uh, book of remembrance which has been kept of our works as Christians is full of gold and silver and precious stones and not so much of the wood, hay and stubble. This book of remembrance. We used to dread that the book that it came in when the sergeant brought it into the, the class and school and uh, it would have all our the list of detentions. It's probably lying there somewhere in some old cupboard with all my names scrawled all over it. But you know, we, we want to make sure that when the book is opened, when we are there before the judgment seat of Christ, that the book contains those things which are pleasing to God and not those things for which we are ashamed. That we won't be ashamed, Paul says, when Christ comes back.